hello, hello, and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is... Now, okay, and listen, you might be you might be new to this podcast. You might have listened to all of our episodes up until this one. Usually this question is maybe a joke. Maybe there's a little bit of sly humor to it. Maybe it's just like a nice, fun, casual way to get us into the episode. Uh, but I actually have a very serious question that I want to ask at the top of this episode. And the panel's open, so feel free to just chime in whenever I'm done with this sentence. Is this the worst musical we're gonna cover? <laughs> Just like out- no way. You don't think so? No you way. You don't think so? I don't think. I think it's. I think it's a little more reprehensible in some ways yeah. than Little Miss Sunshine, but I think they're about the same as far as <laughs> my, overall quality. I think my question, my leading question, w- will be something like. Was irony a mistake? <laughs> was that a, was that a cultural generally. blind alley we went down for, you know, 30 years or so and we just shouldn't there, have done that? I mean, yeah, there are there are a lot of other questions sort of just, yeah, just about like, the why, the why is the question, right? Like, why? What's the point? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like, what goals? What are goals here? Yes. Um, I really think it was just like a um, like a frat follies. Do you know what that is? Like, in yeah. Greek life, yeah. in the spring, they will put on little productions, you know? Yeah, pretty um, much. And it feels like one of those that somehow ran, kept running and then got the right, then, like, was officially yeah. like, given the rights by uh, Dino De Laurentiis and um, <laughs> has had a life post that. The, I really think it's just like something that got out of hand. The people who made it are like Canadian sketch comedy people. Yeah. They're not yes, like theater exactly. people. No, um, this is, yeah, this is very much like a, oh, like, I think this literally like played at like a comedy theater in Toronto before yes. it went mm. off Broadway. Um, but what are we talking about if you haven't already read <laughs> the episode description? Well, of course, and this is a very interesting case because we're talking about multiple films on this episode. We're talking about the Evil Dead franchise, uh, primarily 1981's The Evil Dead and 1987's Evil Dead 2, direct, uh, both directed by Sam Raimi. We'll touch on Army of Darkness a little bit, but it's the, the music, the, and the, we're talking about Evil Dead the musical, the 2000 event the 2006 version this was this pre- yes. premiered in toronto as yeah essentially like a sketch comedy musical but we're talking about evil dead the musical in 2006 um let me take a breath here book and lyrics by george reinblatt uh additional lyrics by christopher bond additional music by rob Dalman, and music by frank sapola christopher bond Melissa Morris and George Reinblatt. Four people composed this thing. Yeah. And this is not the famous theater Christopher Bond. This is a different Canadian <laughs> sketch comedy Christopher Bond. Now, yes. this is a question I have. So you're, you're Chicago people. I'm a New York person. And it, I get the sense maybe that in Chicago, the theater community and the comedy community are a little more 
coterminous than they are here? Ooh, I don't. Uh, you know? I don't really think so. No, okay. I think the fact. I think it's like good, cool comedians also do theater. Yes. But the like comedy world is very separate. Yeah. The yeah, improv say, and comedy world is its own. Yeah, I would say brands on. Yeah, there are like people who are like yeah, like in the improv and sketch world who like I would say like the ones who are like doing the most interesting work. Yeah, will probably do theater stuff as well. Um, but yeah, like outside of that, they are very much sort of their own. The Venn diagram does not overlap too much. Um, People aren't going and taking classes at Black Box and also like doing a comedy sports night. You know, that's not, there's nobody that that fits. Maybe there's one, I don't, maybe there's one I don't want to make a blanket statement, but who, who are the other voices who are talking right now? I need to introduce people. Oh yes. Uh, No, no, you're fine. I, I, (laughs) I said you should speak before I introduced you, but I would like to get to that. Um, as always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead is here. Hello, Bran. Groovy. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll do and, that. That, that'll, that'll do, Bran. That'll do. Uh, and a <laughs> wonderful guest today. Uh, like he said, calling all the way from Brooklyn. Uh, he is a wonderful playwright. Uh, he is the co host of the podcast, Better Than Shakespeare. And you can. Uh, Pick up one of his plays now through No Passport Press, uh, the wonderfully titled The Trade Federation, or Let's Explore Globalization Through the Star Wars Prequels. The wonderful Andy Boyd is here. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. That was a lovely introduction. (laughs) Wait, Um, this is your resume? How am I just learning this? I don't know. I don't know how you guys run this operation. (laughs) I guess not not well is apparently the answer. Is this a book you wrote? Yeah, it's a it's a play. It's a published. Oh, it's a play. play. It's a oh, published play. play script. Yes, yes. But it's, oh my yeah, god! Give yes. us give us the lead. Give us okay. The, here's the lead. So yeah. it's a play about about me, Andy Boyd, pitching a Star Wars script to George Lucas. And the point of the Star Wars script is to sort of like flesh out the Trade Federation from episodes one, two, and three, and specifically to make more clear than is already clear that it is an elaborate allegory for the International Monetary Fund. Amazing. That's scene one. And I, then... I don't think we're going to have time to talk about Evil Dead today. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I should have prepared because, yeah, I will say Andy Bran apparently is a Star Wars prequel defender. Good. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the Star Wars prequel. When I was a kid, I was like, episode one sucks. Two and three are good because they're serious and like Shakespearean. But that's not sure. why you go to a Star Wars movie. <laughs> episode one is fun, and episodes two and three are joyless fucking slogs. Oh yeah, and so, the third one he like hates his audience too. Yeah. Lucas like hates his audience by that point. I still love him. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> two and three. I mean, and like the politics of two and three are like so wild, vague, and like vague and boring, and like. It, it felt like they were like, if we get too specific, then we're going to lose people. So let's just yeah. make everything sort of like these incredibly vague conversations about like democracy and stuff. <laughs> Where it's to like thunderous applause. That's how it dies. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also seems like George Lucas like had all these grand notions because he he thinks that way. I think yeah. and, like big sweeping uh, storytelling, and he had these grand notions of like I'm going to make this Bush era allegory, yes. and we're going to do it this. But he's not a very good screenwriter. No. And he is much more of a big picture guy. And like you say, he was worried about actually pissing people off. And he was writing. Fascinating. At least episode two, he was writing like in the weeks before they started shooting. Yeah. 
Like oh, this yeah, was there's... not a finish. This is not a final draft oh, no. that they filmed. First draft. And there's that great clip of him where he's like looking at models that they've made and yeah. like the workshop. Like we've built these costumes. He's like, well, I guess I should uh, write some dialogue for these characters to have, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. And it's like, oh God, dude. Well, to be fair, he only had 20 <laughs> years to write these. Yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah this, is, this is true. Um, but... It was only a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I do think I yes. do think fundamentally like my notion that like. Star Wars and especially the prequels are actually like left-wing allegories for globalization and the the way that capitalism and dictatorship are two sides of the same coin. Like, I do think I'm correct. I think that's no, like you, a, no, you all. This is absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. I got. I will buy your play now. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. I, I I think I, I feel like this is a play that could very much have like a a a, a long Chicago run. It feels like a very like. Uh, you guys thing maybe more than it's an us guys thing because it was <laughs> sure. you know it, it, it uh, the people who saw it liked it uh, but it 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 opened to thundering silence from the New York critical community. Well, <laughs> we'll 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 be loud about it. We'll, we'll oh, get it every with. Chicago production opens to thundering silence from the Chicago critical community oh, and that. the New York community. Yeah, yeah. We'll That's find a way to make this one work though. I should be clear because I don't want to. Uh, the 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 Maximu podcast had some very nice things to say about the play. So, oh, awesome! So they they were yeah, especially Ben Ben Ferber was very complimentary about it Hell and yeah. is, oh, and wow. wrote a, a lovely quote for the back of the book. So you know, thanks Ben. <laughs> Amazing. We love you, Ben Ferber gonna give you a shout out but we're not here to talk about star wars i was like i was like i need i was like we gotta get that out i'm not gonna inhibit the prequel no, I'm, conversation I'm, I'm glad it was now and not later when we were rolling on something else hell yeah um but andy so you again like usually um we do usually people ask- do a musical someone likes well, well <laughs> sure. No, usually uh, I present people with a bunch of options for shows, but you messaged me directly and was like, can I do Evil Dead? And I'd love to investigate that. So, Andy, yeah. what was it about either just the film or the musical that you were like, I have to be the guest here? Yeah, so I saw this, we were talking before we started recording about, like, the impressionable age of being, like, 16, where you're just brain chugging pop culture that will then become your favorite things forever yeah and there's really nothing you can do to change it like there's stuff i like i'm 29 and there's stuff i listen to that i think is great but there's like nothing that's going to like touch that same nerve as like the stuff i listened to when i was 17 and that's about the age that i saw evil dead the musical yeah. Uh, and it was at it was in Phoenix, Arizona at a, a now defunct theater company called Nearly Naked Theater. Um, Sounds about right. Yep. Which was uh, they were like a very much a theater that was they did some like sort of more serious plays like they did, you know, M. Butterfly one year. Um, but they were very much like a, a theater that did like big, campy, often gay shows. A lot of musicals, not exclusively musicals, but like if you go back and look at their posters, they like very often had like very ripped young Phoenix actors uh, it, it, wearing not a lot of clothing. So that was sure. the sort of vibe. And this was right. a, and, and a lot of the people who were involved with this theater company taught at my high school. So we, I, we would all go see all of the shows there. And the world of sort of alternative theater in Phoenix at the time, and still now, I mean, I don't know, it might even be worse now. Uh, it was very small. There were just like very not very many groups. There was this group and a group called Stray Cat in the in, in, in Tempe, uh, and and really not too much else. Um, mm-hmm. 
so yeah, so we would just see everything. And we saw Evil Dead the musical. There was a splash section. Of course, of course. If, if you're, you know, for people who, who didn't mind getting fake blood on there clothes uh and one of our one of our beloved teachers toby yatso played ash um great. and it was a lot of fun I, I remember you know having a great time and the songs were catchy and you know i will still occasionally find myself sort of humming cabin in the woods <laughs> or that's the one that stuck with me and then the other one about um uh, all the men in my life keep getting killed by kandarian demons sure that's yeah that's, it's got it's Kind a of got like a, it's got like a, yeah. I was about to say it's got a very much like a beauty school dropout from Greece uh-huh. vibe yes. to it. Yeah, I will They're say both, though, that one and Cabin in the Woods are kind of both Motowny almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very much borrowing on that sort of like yeah, um, uh, that 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 palette for sure. Um, I was a bit horrified when I revisited this show in preparation yep. for this <laughs> podcast um, because yeah, it has not aged well at all. No. Uh, it feels like 2007 was a million years ago. Yeah, um, and there's like a lot truly. of stuff where it's like, is this like people are just getting called bitches and sluts and stuff. And it feels like, it feels like it's meant to be sort of ironic because there is a bit of that. I mean, the original yeah. film is like not great on, gender oh, question sure. so it feels like not. they're making fun of that but in a way that's like not totally defensible because it's also they're just like, making it worse they're that, just well, i mean they're that's, exaggerating that's, it that's kind I, of like what i was thinking about watching this i was just like there's like yes these are like tropes and yes there is definitely like i mean there is very much like sam raimi was like 21 years old when he made yeah. this yeah. energy to the original evil the evil dead but like i don't like I feel like even like the stereotypes in the musical are like make yeah they're making it worse. They're not like yeah. inflating what was already there. They're like adding stupidity and adding yeah. sexism to what yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's weird too because I feel like in a way there's like a lot of stuff in uh, the original The Evil Dead that is like thematically pretty rough. And the tree stuff alone. Yes, of course. Yeah. And, and definitely like, you know, like, yeah, let's the, the elephant in the room is like a woman gets raped by the forest. Yeah. Which is uh, real rough to watch. Uh, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and feels like the sort of like horror frame. It definitely feels like it trivializes that. Uh, but yeah, then also the comedy musical form just feels like it's that times 10, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's really no, like, sensitive way to, like, stage a funny moment where someone gets raped by a bunch of trees. No. Yeah. Not really. At least uh, it's not, not a all. song. I didn't remember that at all. I didn't remember. At least it's I, not a song. Yeah, at least it's not, at least there's not a song. It's like an instrumental moment, but. I know. Um, yeah. But, so Ooh. I guess, yeah, so that's, I thank you for sharing your, uh, teenage experience uh, experiencing the musical. Um, so I, this was my very first time watching either of these first two films, Evil, The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Um, yeah. Yeah, I watched them pretty much back to back, which was a yeah. wild experience. Good evening um, right there. I only much. watched the first one, so you'll have to tell me what oh, happens that's, in the next Oh, that's one. totally okay. I mean, yeah. Well, it's, and it's interesting, right? And so, uh, Bran, I know you you sent me a picture from you dressed as ash for halloween 
So I yeah, I, we'll so, have to put that one up, I guess. Hell yeah! Uh, this is you. This is on you. Uh, yeah, I've seen all. I've seen them all dozens of times. Dozens. And I own. Oh, oh yeah, I saw. I think I saw Evil Dead Two first when I was like in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and then I saw. Uh, Evil Dead after that because I was like, "What the hell was that movie?" And saw <laughs> Evil Dead after that and was and like was confused for a long time because Arm of Darkness always used to, like used to play on TNT, which is the third one, and it's like, um, it's a lot. It's it's still gory, it's still violent, but it's a lot more like fun. And I mean, it takes place in the 1300s, and it's like yeah. armies of deadites on horses with swords and armor fighting yeah. human arm. It's really, really, really goofy. Whereas I would say Evil Dead Two even has some real moments of like incredibly intense terror and horror. And the first one is is certainly not joyless. It's a lot of fun, but it's not nearly as goofy. As the other two, yeah, I will I w- say the the Evil Dead nineteen eighty one is a much more sort of fully realized thing than the stuff I made when I was twenty. That <laughs> oh, being yeah. said, oh, absolutely, no, that- the the like like there is the horrible like sexism on display for sure, but like the craft is just like kind of like undeniable. In the, in the evil well, days. I don't know when we want to talk about it too, but I revisited Bruce Campbell's uh, autobiography for this, oh, sure. um, which I had read. I mean, I I love these movies. Sam Raimi is one of my absolute favorite directors. I think that Evil Dead Two and Drag Me to Hell, which is a Sam Raimi movie from two thousand eight, mm-hmm. which might as well be Evil Dead Four, sure, because uh, of the way it feels. I think they're like it's the, it's the pinnacle of horror for me because it's both. It feels like a dark ride. It's fun. It's funny. There's like a skeleton laughing at you and like screaming in your face and like, and also disgusting and truly horrific. And I think they're really, I think they're great movies. I will say, I think, I think the first Spider-Man movie is one of the better superhero yeah. movies that have ever been made. Second one too. The second one's good too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as far as what? like a, a grand superhero origin story, I'm not sure anyone's sure. ever done better. Which is than so weird the because there's that random throwaway line in Evil Dead the Musical where they're like, "Oh, I watched the first Spider-Man on my plane here, and the directing in that was horrible." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's yeah. like they're it's making, no, they're, they're giving shit to Sam Raimi, but because like he was a fan of the project, so I don't know. Yeah, he That's he and Bruce weird. Campbell gave mm-hmm. the musical their blessing inexplicably. Uh, but Brent, yeah. it was it. Is it uh, If Chins Could Kill? Is that the book you read? That's the name of the, that's the title of his book, which is funny. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, I will say, book... he's fucking great. Like, he's oh just my God. Bruce oh, Campbelling yes. all over this movie. It, like, Sam Raimi's best decision in this was to realize that he had a friend who looked movie like star. a real-life action figure. Yeah. But, it's, but just... it's wild, because, like, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong, like, after the Evil Dead movies, like, that like he's known for the Evil Dead movies. Like he didn't yes. like have like a. Yeah. Like, well, he had a big television career. Sure, he played sure. Otto Lycus on uh, both Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess. Okay. He was on that for years. He's on Burn Notice like that recently in his career. And and he um, just did this Evil Dead show, right? Ash versus the Evil Dead. It's still going. I it's, think they're still there to have another season coming out. Sure. Yeah. It's a it's a whole franchise. It's a whole mm-hmm. dang media franchise. There are video and he's ga- in every Sam Raimi movie at some Pretty point. Pretty much, he yeah. Like he has cameo. Yeah, yeah he's about. the he's the rude usher at the importance of being earnest in <laughs> Spider Man Two, who won't let Peter Parker in. Um, 
fucking he's the waiter on the third one he announces him at the wrestling ring on the first one he no he especially especially in the yeah he's great in the first one he's got this fucking ridiculous like bowler haircut which is very silly (laughs) but yeah the second evil dead he like i mean yeah like the the escalation of the franchise is really fascinating because yeah andy like you were saying like the evil dead is sort of just like horror like it like there is there are like fun in quotes moments to it but it is sort of just like a straight up horror movie um and then evil dead 2 is like yeah but what if it was also a looney tune as well like it is like like him like with uh linda's hands like he's just like hitting her head on like all the surfaces (laughs) everywhere and then like everything with him like trying to capture his hands that's been cut off i mean the acting when it's still attached to him is amazing yeah it's like a mime show it's fantastic absolutely Breaking pans over or uh, plates over his head. Very yeah. funny. Do you think that so part of what's going on here is that like the first movie um, tried to be like a serious movie and to some extent failed. And so they were like, oh, it was supposed to be sort of a joke all along. Look at us have fun with these other. Because I feel like the first one is very earnest in the way that like things yes. are when people are 20. I would say so. And I think I think Sam Raimi just innately has I don't know. I don't even think I want to call it camp. I just like, yeah. I don't know what it, what it, he just it's ha- like a wink. It's yeah. like a mischievous wink. He just has a heightened sense to the stuff he makes just in general. Like, yeah. So he like, he makes this, um, yeah. What is he like? 21, 22. Like he's like, again, I like, think like, like when they filmed yeah. 20. Yeah. When they Cause filmed. they took Ridiculous. them a long time to edit it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And they raised, they self raised all of this money. They raised like $95,000 just from family and friends and like businesses around just well, yeah, asking so for he, money in Michigan. Well, he made this like half an hour short film called within the woods, which was mm-hmm. essentially just like the, the pitch to be like, Hey, we made this half hour, essentially half hour version of this movie to get like more funding uh so we can get some distribution for this thing um and yeah it raised uh yeah th- what was it $375,000 yeah cuz the original evil dead yeah it yeah it cost $375,000 which is Crazy. nothing absolutely yeah. like in the scheme of like making a movie is pretty much nothing it's very low yeah and they convinced the the bank to let them start shooting when they were at like eighty five thousand, which was pretty. They were like, "You have to be at least a third funded before you can start, and before we'll like release your money to you." And they're like, "Well, we're not quite there. What if you just let us go out into Tennessee in the middle of nowhere and start fucking around?" But then, like, they got this producer. Apparently, like, the film got the attention of this producer, Irvin Shapiro, who got mm-hmm. it screened at the Cannes Film Festival, and then Stephen King saw it loved it wrote a rave review of it and then new line cinema was like i guess we're going to distribute this thing i guess people love this this scrappy horror movie and we're gonna like release it to them and yeah it makes it makes like two million nearly three million dollars there's one one aspect of this film that i'd really like to just get out of the way please 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 which i found fucking baffling is linda gets injured somehow she gets and stabbed with a pencil, right? She gets stabbed with a pencil by one of the demons. And then... And Ouchie. Very gruesome. And then goes to, like, sleep it off. <laughs> so, and then they have a whole set-piece yeah. fight with with some of the these demon people. Mm-hmm. And then Ash goes to, like, check in on her, and she's still sleeping. <laughs> Which yep. makes... No, like, and shit like this drives me fucking crazy. And sure. like how they're like, how they're like, well, let's just get some rest. It's like, no, no, no. There's a demon in the cellar. 
that's like being held back by this like very loose chain. No, it's, you it's, should it's leave. You should it, leave the cabin. No, no, no. It is dramaturgically inert. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Andy. <laughs> and I was talking to I have a friend who's like a big horror fan. I was talking to her about this, and I was like, "Does it not bother you that like?" even within the absurd rules of this world, like it just doesn't make any sense that someone would be fast asleep through this like intense demon fight. <laughs> and she was just like, no. And I was like, how could that not bother you? And she goes, I've never watched this movie sober. Ah, there you go. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. I think that might I don't be know. It's like Scooby-Doo and like the, especially the deadites, their whole logic sure. is all over the place. Yeah. Their whole, I feel like they're only like the only rooting constant is that they just want to fuck with you and then murder yeah. you brutally. Yeah, yeah. They're all agents of chaos. Yes. Oh yes. I love them. There's also no, yeah, there's no like moral vision in this film. Nope. Like nobody's <laughs> no. getting punished for anything. It's just, nope. they went to this place and they turned on this tape and now there are demons trying Gundam. to kill them. <laughs> It's great. Well, Which so that's, that, that's not common for horror, I believe, right? Usually, well, certainly not anymore. No, yeah. yeah, I would say horror. They even change it in the 2013 remake, which I don't know when you want to talk about that, but I I'll, rewatched we'll, a lot of that we'll one talk too. About that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Fuck. I mean, I haven't seen. Did you, wait, you rewatched that as well? I saw it in the theater. Yeah, oh, I watched dang. and I watched a lot of it again. Interesting. Recently. Cool. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer for it just sort of to see, and it, it's so funny. They sort of they they. They copy in quotes. You know, I mean, the classic like Sam Raimi. Like, what is it? Is he on a? Are they on a bike with those like fast moving shots through the woods? Yeah, they had a motorcycle. They yeah. had a dirt bike. Is how they filmed it in the first one. In and they have a those board shots, strapped yeah. to the front of a dirt bike. Those so shots, cool. Those shots are insane. Like actively, just like, and, and I'm just like, for me, I'm just like, you can't do that. Like that. That is like. That is the Evil Dead franchise. Yes. <laughs> like so is... much of the movie feels like this is this should be illegal that you made this. <laughs> yes. This is all illegal what you're doing here. Yeah, they shot it on 16 millimeter and blew it up to 35 because yeah. they couldn't afford the 35 millimeter film and cameras. Wow. Yeah, no, it's got Wild. that sort of like adjusted. Yeah, like sort of like the aspect mm -hmm. ratio is a little sort of uh, narrower than than one would usually see. Um, I, yeah, there's just like so many impressive shots. There's the one where like Ash is looking into the mirror, and like you have the thing where he like it's like he, put, it, like, he comes out. Yeah, it's water. Yeah, it's water. At yeah, one that's point. very cool. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, it, to me, it feels like very much the like. So I, I I studied playwriting in grad school, and I took a couple classes with screenwriting students. Sure. And they all seemed like very, like incredibly knowledgeable about like the history of film and like cameras and like how to put together a budget and all of that. And they just didn't have any ideas about content <laughs> oh. or the world, sure. you know? And Boy, if that like, doesn't describe the modern film landscape in America. It just feels like sort of that where it's like, wow, there's, it, there's just a bunch of cool set pieces strung together with sure. like no yeah. story, characterization, dialogue. I, I mean, maybe other people feel differently. I feel like there's not a memorable line in the whole film. Tool me. shed, work shed, groovy. Like those yeah, are the lines. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Like swallow, yeah, swallow your soul, swallow this. Swallow yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, like that's really it. It's it reminds me of the of gotcha suckers from uh Bowfinger. <laughs> Bowfinger. <laughs> yes. Um, just like you need that one line near the end uh to really hook him in. So actually, this is interesting because I'll I'll say uh I'm not a horror person at all. Like yeah. I like that is just like not my genre. Um, and I, I I love the hell out of both these movies. Um, yeah. And like and I and I can appreciate a good horror movie. I mean like 
I I ob- absolutely like understand the craft and sort of like the tonal balance that goes into these things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd love to hear sort of from both of your sort of like your relationship with just horror as a genre in in film and in theater. I mean, it's it's hard to yeah. do in theater. There aren't a lot of great horror theater pieces unless unless someone can uh, remind me of one that maybe I feel I'm like there are a forgetting. lot of great plays that are not quite horror but are sort of like eerie sure in like a sort of sure. maybe maybe like a sort of edgar Allan poe sense like i think about gotcha. the playwright aaron courtney i feel like her stuff is often sort of like you sure, know yeah and there's like elements of supernatural but there aren't like jump scares in an aaron courtney maybe play, like a sarah you know? kane play i don't know sure yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different level of horror <laughs> yes. for sure i mean i yeah. do i wonder if sarah kane was like a was like a an influence on the saw movies because that feels very much interesting sure. maybe like that feels very like, i would not at all be surprised if that were true yeah but but andy are you a horror person like in general no no, cool. I'm not. Great. And I, 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 so I mentioned again before we started recording that I'm home alone this weekend. My, my partner is uh, in a cabin in the woods with some friends. I, Ooh. I think they survived. Um, we'll find and, out. And I, I was, I like sat down and I was like, God damn it! I'm about to watch a horror movie alone in my apartment late at night. I hope this isn't so scary that I can't fall asleep. Oh. And I did not find it. I found it like. Both grotesque and sort of boring, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really not a big horror guy. I mean, yeah, usually just because I, I think I'll be too scared. But I was not, sure. I didn't find that to be my experience here. Um, I think also, like, I'm, I'm a big, like, and whenever, whenever I am watching a horror movie, I'll sort of make fun of it as a way to deflate what I'm scared about. Sure. Oh, yeah. Which I think is one of, that does seem to be one of the great, like, I feel like this would be a great, movie to watch like with some friends in college and you're like yes. a little drunk uh and you know and it's late at night and and you're like making fun of all the stupid stuff about it sure. that seems like maybe the optimum uh the optimum like environment to watch this absolutely i got my friend group in college to be very into um rocky horror picture show sure, and i feel sure. like that's a similar a similar uh experience scratch is a different but similar itch yeah for yeah. sure i yeah. do think rocky horror picture show rules though i think it's great oh yeah oh well, yeah 10 out of 10 good movie it's it's yeah it is an absolute blast and yeah that's again that's a film yeah like you said it's only improved in a group setting uh brand yeah. i i feel like you're a horror person right i yeah yeah <laughs> I'm i love i love i love horror films i mean i've directed a lot of horror plays yeah uh, here in Chicago and you can do jump scares. You just have to, it's just hard. It's a lot harder than it is in a movie. Um, but, uh, I don't think there really are. I think I would agree with you that I don't think there are very many, if any, like horror, um, plays that are mainstream at all. Like that anything that I've, yeah. yeah. Anything that I've directed or worked on has been an original piece by a Chicago, uh, yeah. playwright, either John Fisher or I worked on, Ike Holter's Light Fantastic. Um, I was saying, like, put your. I was about to say, put your house in order. Another sure. Ike Holter play is maybe the only one of the only plays that had a jump scare that actually like worked. Wor- worked. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, and that was a very good one. It was very simple, very good one. I don't yeah. know if it's a spoiler to shit talk about a play that <laughs> doesn't exist in real reality anymore. Um, but yeah, the way that Gus just had that hand pop out was yeah. boo clutch. Um, <laughs> But I love it. I think that there. I th- I think that uh, comedy and horror are 
sisters. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that that is really the trick to getting people scared. If you can, like, let somebody let their get somebody to let their guard down enough to start laughing. It's easy to turn that switch on them and get them scared fast. Well, because I was, yeah. you're already in there. Well, I was going to say that uh, for, yeah, sort of in the broadest sense. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you see, you know, you see folks like Jordan Peele. Uh, who are like able to switch yes. so deftly? Like I don't, I feel like everyone was like, Jordan Peele is making a horror movie, and then you watch Get Out, and you're like, oh yeah, this this should have made sense yep. the entire time that he was yeah. able to just like move into this genre so effortlessly. It's also um, so much about timing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's about, and and again, this is I think also why Sam Raimi sort of succeeds as a filmmaker too, because he's like comedy and horror are working. In, in like in sync in synchronicity in these films, yes. like especially Evil Dead Two, but also in Evil the in the Evil Dead as well. Like is they are able to sort of like meld in this way that it seems seamless, honestly. And uh, I mean, yeah, like and that- I think it goes back to their big influences, like what they loved and would emulate when they were making these these hundreds of Super Eight movies they would make in like the Detroit, Michigan area. Um, growing up was they watched the three stooges all the time sure and they watched like john carpenter movies and that was it and yeah. like that was what they tried to emulate and then they like watched like shitty action movies which is why you would see them do stuff with a car or why they're like you know you see bruce campbell just like throwing himself like he does this in the second one he's fighting with his own hand and does a front flip and lands on his yeah, back that's it's like insane. chaplain it's so good yeah. it's unbelievable no and he's like running into like every single shelf in the cabin in the first film it's kind yes. of ridiculous like yeah danielle like i was watching this with my wife and she was just like run into another shelf just run into another shelf uh just, <laughs> it kept happening um they really but, beat the shit out of that cabin yes. like, oh yeah you oh feel my bad God. for that piece of real estate, you which apparently nobody do. knows where it is. No, they people found it and yeah. it's 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 torn yeah. down. But um, apparently sucks. there's still a time capsule that's buried underneath where the hearth was that they put like oh. script pages it's in, in. It's in Morristown, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. Wild. Um, was also, this like it, a post Internet thing that people found it? I think early Internet. But yeah, yeah. it's in, he talks about it in that book. And I think that was written in like early 2000s. Oh yeah, so yeah, Brian, are there sort of any tidbits from yeah, uh, wh- Bruce Campbell's book that you'd like to share? Um several of the things I have he talks about in more detail, but that's why I got some of that. Uh I think it was interesting they all met in the 8th grade. Um right. and at, at school in like rural Michigan. Uh that car that they're in is a 1973 Oldsmobile Royale and it's only interesting because Sam Raimi's weirdly obsessed with it and it's also in every movie he makes. Great. It is Uncle Ben's car in Spider-Man. Okay. It is I mean it's like all in Crime Wave, which is an early like action movie of his. Yeah. Uh it's like the detective's car and it was really like he supposedly still has the First one he had, and in the book, Bruce Campbell mentions he's like, I'm pretty sure he lost his virginity in that car, and that's just why he's obsessed sure. with it. Um, is it is it in Oz and the is it in Oz the Great and Powerful? I think it's in the beginning before he goes to Oz. I don't even know. Isn't that kind of ridiculous that that is? The, I mean, I know his latest movie. Yeah, I know. He, I know he's directing this fucking Doctor Strange movie that maybe will be good. It's I, who knows. I, I don't know if Marvel is producing a Sam Raimi movie or if Sam Raimi's directing a Marvel yeah. movie like. Good way to put it. It's always hard to tell. 
It's yeah, weird that movie that, sucked. It's weird that I mean, because I like he didn't quite stick the landing with the third Spider-Man movie, but he made two really good superhero movies, oh, and absolutely. then they, and then he was never asked to do it again until now. Like yeah. that seems very weird. You it's know? the birth of internet bullshit. It's so weird because here's the thing: you for, everybody forgets because I like Spider-Man three. It's goofy sure. as hell, um, but it was the highest grossing movie ever it made, at yeah, the time. It was huge. Ever. And it was only after the fact because of peeps of Spider-Man nerd fans, much like <laughs> Star Wars nerd fans or any of these people, they hated it so much and just talked shit on the internet yeah. so hard that Sony was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this. And this is after he wanted to make his third movie was going to be uh, with just the Sandman as yeah. the bad guy. And it was going to be more about uh, him and Mary Jane's relationship and like figuring that out and maybe them getting married at the end. And then Venom, he was going to do later. Yeah. But the studio he wanted, yeah, he made him to, do Venom. He wanted to do a fourth one. Yeah. That was the, yes. sort of the whole thing. Like this wasn't supposed to be a trilogy. He wanted to yeah. make another one. It's like the beginning of that studio medley. Well, beginning hilarious, <laughs> but like the, the, of the modern superhero movie and like huge tentpole blockbusters, the beginning of the studio going like, ah, actually, I think we know better than this director. Am I right? Who's been the reason these are successful, which is it's also what's wrong with comic books. I feel like, is that like the companies just don't trust the people who are actually creating these oh, comic absolutely books. Absolutely not. Nope. No. My my favorite example of this is Grant Morrison spending seven years building up, or I guess no, I guess it was more like four because it's seven volumes, but I think each volume sure. has like six issues, so I think it's like four sure. years building up the return of Magneto, um, Magneto killing Jean Grey, Wolverine killing Magneto in grief, and, and then six issues after Grant Morrison leaves X Men, they're like that wasn't the real Magneto, that was a fake Magneto, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. Ugh. Like, like years, years building up masterfully. And like the, the turn where you find out that Zorn is Magneto, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this run, it's like no. nobody saw it coming. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, a fucking course. Who else would this guy be who like, you know, has all these like weird electromagnetic powers? Um, and, and yeah, then they're like, nope, it's a clone. We're Marvel. Well, Fuck well, you. I, well, I feel like the death of Superman ruined everything, right? Like that The was death of Superman of literally tanked comic book sales and they have not recovered. And also, but also just like the fact that they were like building <laughs> up to this event and it was like, oh, this big masterful like ends to like one of the biggest superheroes in the world. And then they're like, JK, he's back. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if they let like if they let Captain America die in the movies. Yeah. You know, this is kind of what I'm like, quote unquote, worried about, even though I've kind of just like given up on the MCU just as a thing. I'm like, totally. I'm not going to see Black Widow. I didn't no. I didn't finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm just like, I don't. No. I, I didn't I'm, start it. <laughs> I didn't start it either. <laughs> there you go. Like, yeah. I'm just done with these. Um, But veering wildly back to uh, wherever the hell we started. Um, but yeah, no. so what's interesting, you, you mentioned Crime Wave before, Brian. So yeah, so Sam Raimi was very good friends with the Coen brothers. Um, they met on Because of Evil Dead, The Evil Dead. They, Joel Coen was the assistant to the editor mm -hmm. that they hired to make this movie. Yep. This was his Wild. first professional film job, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, then, yes, and then yeah. they helped. Bonkers. And then Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell appeared in like a similar, like short version of the Coen Brothers. To make first simple movie. or blood simple. Blood simple. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. no. So because the Coen Brothers co-wrote Crime Wave, um, mm -hmm. Sam Raimi co-wrote the Hudsucker Proxy. 
Like they they huh. were like integral in each other's early careers. It's and and, and and like they are both obviously like very adventurous filmmakers, but like the 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 two entities make such wildly different films, which is yeah. really interesting to think about. They both love to play with uh, uh, horror and humor, though. Yeah, yeah. genre. They, yeah. they love a they love a good angle. They, there are so many like claustrophobic like Dutch angles in the Evil yes. Dead. It's absolutely wild. Again, like I think like there's some really noteworthy filmmaking happening mm-hmm. in this thing. I feel like it's drawing on. I mean, you mentioned some of the influences, but it, to me, I felt like there's like a like German expressionism influence oh, as sure. well, like early sure. early horror. I love it. I think so. Especially like those weird angles, the like, and like you said, the claustrophobia and just like everything feeling like it has a corner and it's leaning over you a yeah. lot of the movie. Also a yeah. lot of blood. I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> looking through my notes, just like a heaps of blood. Gallons. Just like a fucking messy as hell. Apparently Especially Bruce, in Evil Dead 2. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Apparently when they were filming, Bruce Campbell would go home every day in the back of a pickup truck because he was covered in fake blood and he didn't want people to be like, freaked out by yeah, seeing Yeah, that sounds him. about right. Um, I do love the... There's Caro like, syrup. The, yes, I love the scene at the end uh, of The Evil Dead where uh, Ash is able to throw uh, the Necronomicon into the fire. And there's like a solid like close to five minutes of the demons just decomposing. Oh. And it's this like... That fat- part rules. Yes. That sequence so is amazing. Gross. Like and it's... it's, it's yeah. I, thank God they didn't make this after CGI was good enough for them to come. Oh, like yes. it's all these like weird practical like puppet effects and like stop, and, like, stop motion, motion stuff. and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It doesn't yeah. look anything like anything real <laughs> at all. Like yes. it's, You can it's, tell it's just like cream corn like being pumped <laughs> from under the st- under the ground great, out of though. a neck. It's it looks so great. gnarly. Yeah, like that's again like that's that's yeah, that shit is fucking great. Like it um, just rules. briefly becomes an art film. Like it briefly yes. becomes someone's yes. senior <laughs> thesis. I bet they were yeah. just like, yeah, they'll, that's probably just what happened. They were just like, all right, we have this moment where we're going to play in this and we're just going to live in this. It was um, all done in, well, in post. Like after sure. they filmed principal photography, uh, they went to, they made, they sort of recreated just that living room in a studio oh, in wow. a like special effect guy's basement. Wow. Uh, so that they could make all that stuff. I think they called it like the breakdown or something at the end, that whole sequence. That's great. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a stop motion in the, the oh, sorry, in Evil Dead 2 as well. Like Linda's like dancing corpse outside yeah. of the window is done with stop motion. Um, I'm also obsessed. I think, oh. yes, go ahead. Yeah, one more thing that's fucking wild is like, I think, is it Linda who's the first one to get sort of possessed? I think it's Cheryl, right? Sister, Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl, yeah. She's literally like floating in the air and like saying demonic shit and is able to like, <laughs> and then she like falls to the ground and they're like, is she okay? That's weird. <laughs> like yeah. they're, it just takes them way too long to be like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like they're, yeah. they're way too calm. It's true. They for, don't, they don't sing a song called what the fuck was that? You're right. They should have, no. they should have leapt into that. The song. Yeah. The, if they were following more closely, the song would have been, that was kind of weird. You know? Yes. <laughs> Um, and I will say floating in midair and yeah like you said there is like there is still like abject goofiness and silliness in the evil dead but like evil dead 2 as soon as like as soon as Ash traps his hands and he puts uh, like he's putting books on top and the book that he puts on the very top of the pile is (laughs) a farewell to arms I'm just like 
okay, I know exactly what uh, level this film is playing at. I'm 100% yeah. with you. I am right in the pocket of so this silly. ridiculous film. Um, and yeah, I yeah. didn't realize when I saw the musical in high school that it was like a sort of mashup of all these different entries in the yeah, that that's, yeah. that's I, like I, I don't I really was, know this either. Yeah, when I was watching the movie, I was like, "There's a lot of stuff that I know needs to happen that hasn't happened <laughs> yeah. yet." Yes, and I, I'm Just, seven won't. minutes away from the end of the movie. But yeah, the whole <laughs> thing of like him having a chainsaw for a hand, like that's mm-hmm. not in the first movie at all. Mm-hmm. No. That is uh, yes, Bobby Joe and Jake and all and uh, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? The uh, scientist Annie, or Annie, the archaeologist? Annie and Ed. Annie and Ed. Yeah. yeah. Does Ed not in the first one? Does Ed real? Does Ed not talk a lot in the second one? Because they obviously make like a whole joke about the fact that like he has like no dialogue. He shows up and then like becomes a deadite like yeah. right away. Yeah. They the get whole... there and they're like and it's a calm moment. They're like, what even happened? And he just pops up and he's a deadite. Yeah. Cause I mean if and there's one some hair, if it's there's really one gross. thing that the musical loves, it's pointing out things in the most obvious way possible. Um yeah. it's, it's it's got the, the market cornered on just complete lack of subtlety. Yes. Which is should great. we should we transition into talking more I, explicitly about yes, the musical? Yes, I think so. Uh, I will say quickly uh, before we, we can bounce back since there's sure, so sure. much that's I not know. in the first movie that's just, in the musical. And quickly, uh, also, Brand, is there anything you want to say about the 2013? Re- yeah, so they remade Evil Dead. They yeah, um, and it was produced by Sam Raimi and yeah. Bruce Campbell. Um, it's a it was a Spanish director. They I think his name's Fede Alvarez, um, mm-hmm. and he. He basically had written a script and then Diablo Cody, of all people, did some rewrites to Americanize it. Sure. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's an incredibly 2013 horror movie, if that makes any sense. It's yeah. really like gray and dark. And, um, you know, it's like it was that everybody was really obsessed with like digital projection because it was taking over everything. And so they're really yeah. using those like low, low lights and, and high highlights, you know. And so it looks almost black and white for parts of it. Um, and it's like a little too slick, you know, uh, they changed the, 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 the main character and and is a woman named Mia. Who's an addict that goes to this cabin with her friends to like try and, um, go through withdrawal, I think. And, but there's like a, it starts with a flashback of a different girl being possessed by the book of the dead and her dad, like burning her alive. And then when they get to the cabin, of course the book is there and they read it. And then this other girl is what the first sort of dead idea is and comes after Mia. Um, it's not, it's, I actually really enjoyed it at the time. Uh, rewatching the parts I watched, I was like, you know, kind of, kind of more lackluster on it, but sure. it is gross yeah. and painful. It but looks gross. What's hilarious. Oh, it, yeah. oh, and instead of cutting, uh, and they switch, you know, they kind of remix stuff like, um, she gets a chainsaw at the end, um, but the, somebody else cuts their arm off earlier, and they cut it off with like an electrical tur- electric turkey knife. Oh my god! It is gnarly, but it's pretty good. Um, otherwise, though, the thing that I thought was like pretty mind boggling, since it's not in Evil Dead Two, is the they feel felt the need to bring back the nature rape. So. Oh, that's pretty weird. Well, that is, yeah, uh, it's like no. I'm realizing we should maybe. But now have... it's a girl. It's like this is a this is like modern 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a girl raping a girl, so it's like sure. better. It's a girl tree. God. Yeah, she, well, it's the demon is there oh, okay, as a yeah. girl. Gosh, it's yeah, a girl not, tree. Because yeah, yeah. I, one of the things I read about it was that like they felt like if they have Linda try to rape Ash later in the movie, I'm also realizing we should maybe just have like five or six content warnings at the top yeah. of this episode. Sure. Um, yeah, I'd say yeah. if you're if if you're not familiar with Evil Dead. Yeah, we yeah. should maybe yeah, go back and post and add that in. But sure. yeah, um, yeah, I don't think that I don't think that like balances out how horrible that no. is. No, like, that's it's, like the classic hire more women guards like tweet, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> Jeez, but yeah, no, it's yeah, completely fat. Oh, so it's okay. It's I enjoyed bad. it at the time. It's not like the 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 2013 remake. It's like pretty whatever. It is sure. weird how like if you if you if in the entertainment industry you have one thing that's successful. You can just for like five years do whatever you want, you know. Like Diablo Cody can just write a like rewrite an Evil Dead movie because she did Juno. Somebody was like, honestly, and somebody probably reached out to her and was like, "Can we pay you a million dollars to write to rewrite this?" It's not like that sounds fun. I like her a lot, and I like I've liked a lot of her movies that she's written since Juno. I think she's a a great screenwriter, Mm -hmm. but I I I'm not. And I haven't seen Jennifer's Body, which I have a lot of friends people, who love. People seem to love that movie. Yeah, on that it. on Blu-ray too. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, but as, as Fede Alvarez, he went on to make this movie, uh, "Don't Breathe," uh, yeah. another horror movie, and then he uh, he did uncredited uh, reshoots on that sci-fi movie, "Chaos Walking," that just came out with Tom Holland. It's Never a movie. It's it. a movie. It exists. I promise. Um, but enough about. Tom Holland. Uh, hey, he's Spider-Man also. Uh, yeah. That's the connection. There you go. There you fucking go. Uh, Evil Dead, the musical, uh, with the blessing of both Sam Raimi and Bruce, Bruce Campbell, uh, it was uh, remount- It was mounted in Toronto. Then it was presented uh, the next year at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was clearly comedy first... Musical theater seconds, uh, with, yeah. how so that was? I mean, that was sort of their, their guidepost, right? They were like, we two wanna... drink minimum, and it played in New yes. York at New World stages. Which, <laughs> if did, you don't yeah, know, it... if you don't know New World stages, that's like where like stuff that was on Broadway and then can't fill a Broadway house anymore, or just other weird stuff. Goes. It's, I mean, so it like is... you can see sometimes Jersey really fun now. stuff. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, it is um, like it was an actively commercial off-Broadway event. Yes. 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 Like Avenue Q was there for years. Yes. I think Jersey Boys is, is gonna be there. I saw when Rent there. The, mm-hmm. Rent was yeah. there. A gazillion bubble show was yeah. there. Toxic Avenger. That's where I saw Toxic Avenger. Sure, yeah. Another a future episode. A future episode. The old 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 Toxie. Uh but yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It was, it was only there for a few months. It didn't have like yeah. a stellar run. Like, but it did get a cast recording. It did, Thank did, and God now for it will, our I enjoy it. I know it, the cost it recording. Like, I feel like this is yeah. So it's 2007. That I feel like it was at the end of the wave of musicals where the joke is it's a musical. You sure. know, yes. which I feel like started started with you're in town, sure. and then by this time was sort of over. I mean, like back there's, to your, there's, yeah, um, back to your original question. Grousey like, Chaperone is also yeah, in that category. Like, is ir- okay, was, yeah. was, was irony a mistake? I think that's sort of the question that you let us off with, uh-huh, Andy. Uh-huh. And maybe, I don't know, it's, it's, I go back and forth. I, I think there was like a, I, I do feel like this was maybe in a like dialectical sense, like a place that musical theater had to go to for a while. Sure. Because 
for a long time, people were like, like from the 60s on, musical theater was like, we love musical theater. Musical theater is great. Uh, we don't know why nobody else seems to like musical theater. Sure. <laughs> and, and then I feel like in the, yeah, in the, in the whole decade of the 2000s was people being like, musical theater is stupid. Even if we love musical, like I think the people who wrote Urine Town like love musical theater, but like you're yeah. a lot of the joke of Urine Town is isn't it stupid that this is a musical? The musical, yeah. And then That's I feel what, like uh, Lockstock says all the time. It sort of like purged out that sort of like nostalgic hangover from the golden age, and then led people to, to sort of ask themselves like, okay, well. Can we make a musical that isn't stupid? Can we make a musical that's not doing these same cliches for the millionth time? And then you get, you know, Once and and Fun Home and Great Comet and you know, like the 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 current age of musicals that where that I think is really great. And yeah. like I think that anybody who thinks all musicals are stupid now uh, just doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're not listening to enough contemporary musicals. I yeah. would yeah. say if there's they're... like really great yeah. stuff, but I feel like we maybe had to go through a time of like really questioning the form in a really intense way. Uh, and that took part of what that was, was just all these shows where it's like something that shouldn't be a musical. That's a musical. And isn't it funny that we're doing that? Absolutely. And, and look it, at these dumb songs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yes. And, and they are <laughs> dumb songs. They uh, are very dumb. Yes. Um, and the music this in this is just the most generic musical. It, yeah. In one ear, out the other. I could not, other than do the Necronomicon, do, I, like, I cannot hum any other melody in this song to you. Yeah, it's like song. a bunch of... <laughs> it's sure, like a yes. bunch of license-free music is what it sounds well, again, like, like, like I mean, royalty-free. I mean, it sounds like what happens when you hire four random people to write <laughs> the music for you. For real. Um, but yeah. the, so I think to mirror a point, I think, Andy, you're absolutely on the money. Uh, yeah, we this came up similarly in our Promises, Promises episode. Sure. Uh, we were sort of talking about how Burt Bacharach and Hal David were contemporary songwriters who wrote a show that sounded like the era it was in, but then sort of like contemporary music and culture and yeah, Broadway music and culture just went in completely different direction or rather contemporary culture went in a direction and Broadway just stayed in its lane and refused to budge. Um, if, if not, if not, I mean, stylistically, yes, but musically, no. Um, yeah, there's almost no musical between 1980 and 2000 that I give a shit about. Sure. I think that's a fair argument. I think some people may give a shit about some musicals in that 20 year period, but for me, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) I would like Sunday in the park with George is maybe the one. Sure. Oh yeah. That's a ragtime. That's in there too. Maybe I'm I'm being too, too strong, but uh, how dare you? But no, I I think that's, I think that's, I think it is fewer musicals than maybe in other sort of 20 year periods. I think that's completely fair. Um, But actually sort of, maybe to negate that point entirely um i think another musical uh, that we've talked about plenty of times on this podcast that we need that needs to come up when talking about the show uh is little shop of horrors yes right because that is like um a show also that- based on a movie also based on also based on a movie that is uh bad uh that movie like the little shop of horrors is just uh actively bad and they uh sort of made something great and again like but like that show the musical is earnest in a really sort of like charming way but also the joke of that is kind of hey we turned this Roger Corman B movie into a musical isn't that kind of funny. Um, but there's also like uh I, I think there's like a very sincere emotional heart oh, of that absolutely. show too which yes. like. 
to me, it feels like it's not as like winky winky as, mm-hmm. you know, you're in town or whatever. Like yes. there is, there yes. is certainly a like, yeah, it's funny that we're doing, there is the joke of like, we're doing a horror musical, yeah. but there's also suddenly Seymour, which makes me cry. Yes. No, there, yeah, there is something completely earnest about that show, but I think it started this, this seed of let's mm-hmm. turn a horror movie into a piece of musical theater. Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, and obviously, yeah, the, the results are different depending on the show. So little shop, you get something earnest and beautiful that is able to critique late stage capitalism and then evil dead, the musical you get, uh, in my estimation, um, a misogynistic piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, I will say though, too, in little shop of horror, there's very, few jokes that where the joke is it's funny that we're doing that this is a musical uh, sure like yes. the reason why yeah. that show's funny is that it's packed with great fucking jokes like yes. they're just because how it just, on, just a jokes. genius yeah yes yeah. Well, yeah. he even had that quote that you read on on our app of like you need to play this straight you mm-hmm. should not be like winking these characters are completely sincere you Absolutely. know and i think that's important and, I, and I, the I, movie yeah. the movie was directed by the guy who played yoda it <laughs> was <laughs> frank oz, frank oz. we frank love oz. him we love him. Uh, are, are you a Yoda fan, Andy? <laughs> oh yeah, Yoda rules, man. Okay, great, cool. How could I, you not? What's okay? What is your? Just, while we're just briefly in another Star Wars uh, Sarlacc pit. Uh, yeah. Who, who, yes. <laughs> from from the prequel trilogies, and I, I feel like I should have an answer just from reading your play. Um, mm-hmm. Who is like your favorite character? Who's exclusive to the prequel trilogies? Oh, who's exclusive to the prequel? Well, there aren't that many. I know, that's um, why I asked. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I guess Padme, maybe? Sure. Like her? Sure, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, not, Newt Gunray. I'm going to go uh, Newt that, Gunray. Oh, no. No. Oh, it's, no. It's, it's not Watto. It's not, are you sure it's not Watto? Yeah, Watto's fascinating because, like, nobody can agree what racial stereotype it is. Yeah. I it's always all, yeah, all terrible, all terrible. <laughs> like I've talked to people who are like sure that that character is anti-Semitic, which would never have occurred to me. But, yeah, uh, oh, that's that's how that's what I've always read it as, pretty yeah. strongly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a uh, weird movies, weird strange movies. Uh, please for me, hard. I'm betting on Sebulba because <gasps> sure. he always wins. There you go. <laughs> he always wins. Uh, please just buy Andy Boyd's play. It's uh, much easier than uh, having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil Dead the musical off Broadway in the end of 2006 at New World Stages. Um, what happens in it? Well, yeah, so it is this strange mashup of The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, and they also sprinkle a little bit of Army of Darkness from yes. what I, again, I wasn't able to watch Army of Darkness. All the S-Mart stuff is from Army yeah, of Darkness. Yeah, because, yeah, I was, like, reading the script, and, and I was like, what is this? Like, I yeah. was like, why the fuck are they talking about S-Mart? The hell is Who gives this? a shit about his job? <laughs> yeah. Why do I need this bit of that character is a fascinating. Background? That is a fascinating part of it, though, is that, like, you do not learn anything about who these people are no. like the fact that in the Except first movie their occupation yeah it's so do you learn weird. his job in the first movie he uh-huh uh, oh no 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 oh from the movie no in yeah. the musical it's just like yeah that's who he is he's a but again they make like shelly just like a complete idiot of a character i Ugh. fucking hate it like yeah scott keeps calling cheryl <laughs> like a stupid bitch it's so dumb it's yeah. grating too it's not 
funny. It's not at funny. Oh, no. I don't. I don't no. know if I laughed. At jo the, the, I mean, uh, this is very characteristic of me. The one thing I did laugh at was the puppet moose on the wall that was oh, yeah. uh, singing Which along. Is the, the dumbest joke in the whole show. I know, and I fucking loved it. It's pulled straight <laughs> from the second movie too. If you haven't seen, yeah, the second but like one. The, it, it laughs at Ash, but like but it doesn't the, like saying. It doesn't no, really say it certainly doesn't have a solo. No, <laughs> the joke. Yeah, the joke so often is really just like, hey, remember that in the movie we're yes. doing that. Yeah. Yes. Remember that part of the movie? It's in this musical. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I think the uh it's not, uh, what, it's not the, fun. The, the bit part bit part demon or whatever. That's kind of funny. Yeah, and then he starts to sing and they kill him. I yes, don't know. That, that's, yeah, that's that, a classic gag. Yeah, that that one joke got to me. Um I, I think that's like stuff that like I would like in theory if it was done well. Like yeah. there's like that song that Jake has, Good or Reliable Jake. I'm like, I get the joke you're going for. It's just not good. It's not done well. Also, you had the character say faux shizzle, my shizzle. You, you sure it. do. You do not need to do that. Yeah, sure it's do. There's like Abercrombie references. It's the most yeah. 2006 There are so many strange is... references in this thing. Yeah. Daily Louise? <laughs> Really a question that resolved itself without us ever coming to an answer is like, are white people allowed to say nizzle? <laughs> yeah, Which, I'm going to say no. I think probably no, but nobody says it anymore. So it's sort of like a, you know, one of these great what ifs of history. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's weird. It's so weird. I, I will, so, so, okay. So going through the songs. Please. Yeah. I'll say which songs I like. Great. I Go like Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. Cabin in Ooh. the Woods. Ooh. Ooh. That's the only one in the first <laughs> It makes me move my head like this, so I will say that that it's, one's yeah, okay. It's got, it's got, yeah, fun, it's it's got like fun, fun Scooby, it's got Scooby Doo vibes. It's great. Yes. And then I do like all the men in li my life keep getting killed by Kendarian demons. And sure, the joke that's of like, funny. it can't be true that all the men in your life keep getting killed by Kendarian demons. And then she just lists more and more examples of people. <laughs> Of men she knows who get killed by Kendarian demons. That's, sure. mm -hmm. that's fun. I assume it's a reference to a movie I haven't seen. Uh, maybe it would be better. If Her I... dad is killed by them, and then the people in this in this movie. But she dies at the end of the second one. So yeah. it's like yeah. I don't know. It's it's whatever. So yeah. there's no okay. So there's not like a they did. A, that's another piece of exaggeration. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it was funny revisiting it because those were the two I remembered. Sure. Those are the two I remembered from seeing this in like literally probably 2009. Yeah, yeah. Um, and revisiting it, those are the two I like. <laughs> yeah, so I like. Take I said, that how you will. Then. I, I like. I said I like. I like the joke of bit part demon. I think it kind yeah, of like. But it, I don't like the song. It, yeah, in execution, no. I in a. Like semi pun intended in execution, I think it's it's done okay. Good. Thank you. Brent. And can we say about good, good old reliable Jake? A part of what's going on there, just so that you know people don't think we didn't know this, is that it's a play on good old reliable Nathan from Guys and Dolls. I but did not pick did not up on that. I didn't okay, know thank that you, at Andy. All. <laughs> yeah. I, but I was listening to it and I was like, what is knowing that, like getting that reference sure, adds yeah. nothing to the experience? Well, and it's not like they're really copying the song enough to make it a parody either, yeah it's not you know? a parody it's just a sort of like eh, this is i i guess this is like this is the musical we know and <laughs> isn't it fun like it was sort of like a, an attempt to do musical theater fan service but these people aren't musical theater fans uh, well, yeah. it, it's, it is yeah it is i don't know it's i mean like i i there are like uh, slime tutorials, as the kids like to call them, like on YouTube of this show, and like the audience is going nuts for this thing. 
Like there are there are people who love this show. Like there is a yeah. fan base for this thing. But it's so fascinating because it's like the humor is somehow more sophomoric than the literal twenty year olds who made yep. the Evil Dead. Yep. It's it's kind of mind boggling to me. I got. They mention balls so often in this show. It's there are so many so much so ball much talk. dumb scatological humor. I hate <laughs> the whole like puns that Cheryl makes like from the pit of the stage that just no, it's not a good bit it's yeah, not like no. it's not even ironically funny like I don't it's, no. it's just, it just doesn't work the one song that like I knew about before really doing the deep dive for this episode was do the Necronomicon which like not only is just a paltry attempt at a time warp parody but yeah. they mention that it is a time warp parody <laughs> within the context of the song again yeah. that is it's what do you what is it's happening here? And, it's and most of the good. song is not like a catchy melody like you have the do the necronomicon do the necronomicon which is fine but the rest of it is like i could not sing that for you if no. i had to also right? necronomicon is such a fucking tongue twister of a word anyway to try and sing in a song sure yeah, yeah i i really like um the, the the rocky horror comparison gets brought up a lot with this show yeah which is just like don't do that to this show. Like, if you're trying to make people like this show, don't compare it to a show that totally works and is great and fun, you know? Like, I feel like yeah. that's a... Rocky Horror is one of those, like, classic, which also, I feel like a lot of people don't know this, but it was a stage musical before yeah. it became a movie. That's mm-hmm. the thing. That's, um, why, that's why we can never cover it on our main feed, because it was yeah. a stage... We'll do it on our Patreon, but we can't do it on the main feed. Yeah, and and it's just that thing of, like, it's a musical from... I don't remember the exact year, but, like, late 60s, early 70s, where the early thing is 70s, just, like, yeah. let's write a, a an LP worth of great songs and then have some, you know, semblance of a plot to stitch it together, which is most of the musicals I like. Like, sure. I, I feel like so many musicals, like, figure out how to make the songs good songs yes. as the, like, last last piece of the puzzle. I know. And it's well, like, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I like, I don't like, I don't like Jesus Christ Superstar as a show, but I like the album. I put on sure. the album yeah. very yeah. often. The songs you know? fucking rule. Yeah. Yeah. The songs are great. And, like, the songs in this are not good. The no, songs I, in Evil I, Dead the Musical are forgettable and trite. And I, they somehow the worst part of I, the show, cannot, especially the lyrics. I cannot tell you. The lyrics are atrocious. The lyrics God awful. are just, they should have gotten three more people to write the lyrics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey. That's my hot take for the day. Uh, but this but is, no. you know, to all of our listeners who might think, I don't know enough to write a musical. It seems like this incredibly complicated form with like a hundred years of history. You do. Yeah. You do like yep. anyone can write a fucking musical. Truly. Maybe it won't be the best musical ever, but like you can write an musical that will be better, be better than, than, some, than this one. That'll be better than some musicals. If like five people wrote Evil Dead the musical, you can write a good musical. I promise you. You can do it. I <laughs> absolutely it. promise you that. I have, uh, I have this theory of artistic inspiration that you like need two types of inspirations, which are like. The one that's like, fuck, I could never do that. And then the other that's like, oh, I could do that. You know? Sure. Yes. Like, it kind of, like, for me, it's like, you know, when I was, like, listening to the Beatles when I was 14, I was like, I could never write a song that good. And then I found Daniel Johnson and Kimmy Dawson, and I was like, this feels attainable. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And, like, not a slight to them at all. I think they're great. But they're, like, great in a way that's, like, feels down to earth and humane and, you know, like, possible. 
Yeah, no, um, if, if, if this nothing, is neither yes. of those things, this is a flaming <laughs> piece of shit that you can certainly do better than. No, but honestly, just this, by dint of being a, a conscious human in the this world, this did inspire me to be like, yeah, I could probably do the thing. I, I, I should stop yeah. putting off the, the project I was working on. Don't I second guess yourself, Ben. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing too. Like, getting no. a musical produced is so fucking hard. Yes, it yes. is. Like, writing a musical is hard. Producing a musical is an order of magnitude harder, and it's yeah, so much harder yes. than producing a play. Yes. This is I wrote a musical last year, and what I, one of the things I found. Um, just talking to directors and stuff, it's like, well, if you want to do a reading, it's going to be $3,000. And I'm like, wow. how? how could that possibly be true? But it totally is. Yeah. These people made this musical and then like, not only got a production, but like transferred to New World Stages, had yeah. a residency in Vegas, like yeah. have been doing this show for years. They had a tour. They had a tour back in 2014. Yeah, this uh, show. There was toured. a tour. There was a tour in 2019, 2020. Oh my god! And, and no. came through Chicago. That, and there was a, no, yes. that and there was, can't be true. There was a regional production. Uh, that a non-equity. Local, I bet it was it, probably. Oh, well, yeah, no, good. no, but there was like a local storefront in Chicago did it uh, a few with years ago with this script. Yes. With this script. Oh yeah. Yeah. This script. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I was gonna name the the company. I, I don't people feel comfortable can Google doing it if they it. want to. Yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it's wild that like people keep producing this fucking show. Like yeah. it's not good. There, I mean, like I get it. Like there's some. I'm sure there's some fun blood shit you can do. And like I'm all. Well, I that's mean, what like, I was gonna ask Andy. Was there a was there a splatter zone? Yeah, was there's it a, a splatter very zone. Cool. It was very bloody. I mean, this was like sort of one of the things that Nearly Naked was known for is like doing stuff that had a lot of like spectacle. Okay. Um, and like they did, they did the Rocky Horror stage show, maybe sure. even like in the same season as this. But like Andy, like not wow. to, not to, and not had to... like they had, they had like, yeah, they had like, uh, uh, I remember part of the set for that was like a, a big like tube full of lube for some reason. <laughs> tube of lube. Tube of lube. Tube of lube. Tube of lube. But no, Andy, like not to give away stuff about uh, your your play, but there is sort of a a very fun interactive element to it. Yes. That I think, which I think more plays should have. I think there should be yes. more of a conscious recognition of the audience's complicity in a play that they are seeing. And so I get that for like audiences who are like, I don't like to go to plays and musicals where this th fucking fourth wall. I love that this dumb fucking show will literally bleed on me. Like it is yeah. acknowledging that it can <laughs> mock me in this way. So that that's, is, yeah. One of, one accomplishment of this, which is not something that all like movies to musicals do, is like it does feel like it sufficiently answered the question of like why is this theater? Sure, you know, yeah, um, okay. Like I will say that for it, I feel like it justifies why is this a musical? You know, sure, sure. I well, yes, <laughs> yes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna classic Chicago style, yes, and this because I'm like. I get it. Like, you want to make a silly spoof of Evil Dead. My issue is Evil Dead 2, where a lot of this material com comes from, is already mostly a comedy horror. Like, yeah. it's al it, it always seems so weird when you're trying to parody something that is already a comedy. Like, I don't, yeah. like, where yeah. are you, where are you going to go from there? Totally. And clearly, it's not like 39 you go steps nowhere. or something. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's sure. not like 39, yeah, it's not like 39 steps. Or even, yeah, something like Toxic, Ave I mean, like Toxic Avenger. Or I mean, we'll, we'll dig into that when, when the time comes. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not like poking fun at it in a way that it wasn't already poking. Like, Evil Dead 2 is arguably a parody of the Evil Dead. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. 
And yeah. like oh, the cur- I know we've mentioned this a couple times, but like none of those three movies have very much cursing at all. No. And that is every other line. And I, I mean, I think I don't really agree with this phrase, but a classic phrase is that like, you know, the less intelligent you are, the more curse words you use. Sure. And like, I think that yeah. in writing lyrics for this show, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> If, if that's true, I'm that a with fucking dumbass. But yeah. yeah, 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 totally fucking <laughs> yeah. dumbass. Also, here love, too. A, love a show that literally the final song is called "Blew That Bitch Away." Like, yeah, lo- love that to have your final, final button, final thesis on your damn project. Yeah, which is really, I mean, that's for all the things that are problematic about the original movie. That's like not part of it. Like, no, it's, no. it's very much like it sucks that my girlfriend became this demon and now I have to kill her. I feel Linda, really bad about like he's it. sad the whole time. It yeah. tears him in half. Like there's clearly a gesture to towards an emotional interior with yes. that part. You know, that's like just not in this at all. Oh my gosh! Is that? I yeah. I I I feel like we've uh, exhausted. Is this the our... first? Yeah. Is this the first show you've done that like you just didn't like? No. Well, so th- oh, no. this is all I'm saying. So, if <laughs> Brand Brand, give give me this. If nothing else, Little Miss Sunshine uh, has like a handful of songs that are very nice and sweet. Like, yes. Like this this show, I feel like has no songs with like wholly redeeming factors to them either that the music's no, not memorable think, or the lyrics are not memorable yeah i agree i think that the balance is that this one like little miss sunshine is closer to being good than this one is <laughs> sure. i think but it takes a lot of the things i'm like we talked about it takes a lot of the things from that source material of the movie and then doesn't use them or changes them for the sake of changing them and that's it and changes the focus and it gets really really muddled yeah this one is like good source material they don't really change much um and like and i think actually do a good job of mashing up the first and the second one like that first act and the second act very smart even including the s smart stuff which it's the once again the way they used it not the best i don't know sure. why we're supposed to care except it's, for i've seen the third movie i think it's sort of a joke but it's not a funny yeah joke. Not, well not and it's just referential but like yeah. they're still pulling on that as like okay here's a bit of character we can use here and trying to find this and the biggest problem with this one is the songs and especially the lyrics i yes. just i think if this show had somebody who was a better lyricist and, uh, you know, a little more focused songwriting, it yeah. could still be a pretty fun show because I think, as you said, with the splatter zone, it is like, that's sort of what it's bringing to the conversation about musical theater, right? I, is this like <laughs> assaultiveness of horror movies? May I do a dramatic reading of the first two stanzas of the lyrics? Please. Yes, please. please. And, and uh, may I remind you, this is from one of the two songs that I'm on record. as liking. <laughs> <laughs> we never do this on this show. This no, is great. I We're all. This. It goes, we're all jammed in the car and we're going really far, driving deep into the trees with hot dogs, chips, and cheese. To make the week go quicker, we packed a ton of liquor. Ryan Tropicana will go totally bananas. Like, it's a fucking Dr. Seuss lyric. Like, the hell. Horrible. (laughs) Horrible. And that, like, someone was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, don't worry about rewriting it. That's good. Sketch comedy. That's this is like the, the 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 whole thing is like the joke is that it's bad, so we don't have to make it good. I know. Yes, that's, I know. That's right. That's mistake. That's a big mistake. It's like mm-hmm. no, uh, yeah. 
Just because you're, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's so obvious to be like, you have to have at least good writing. Like, yes. that's, that, yeah. like it doesn't matter like what you're trying to do. If it's but trying this to be was funny a whole, or stupid. I mean, yeah. this was a whole fucking decade where people would be like, we're self-aware that the thing we made is bad. And so therefore it's fine that like this, I mean, do you remember this? This was like I, oh, our, my whole, like all my teenage years was <laughs> yes. just stuff was that was bad, school, yeah. but it knew it was bad. And so people were like, oh, it's, you know, they're in on the joke. And it's like, that's dumb. That's, yeah. you know, it's actively we're not, dumb, yes. we're not on earth that yeah. long. Try to make something good, <laughs> you know? And if it's bad, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like you say, it's, it's not adding any commentary to it. And it's in no. fact, making B movie, which B movie doesn't necessarily mean bad as we've talked about, but like it's taking this B thing and being like, well, we should just be, it should be as low and stupid as possible. And that's the only way to do this. And we'll reference Abercrombie and Dom DeLuise and the view and Buster rhymes in the same piece. Cause we know who our audience is. Tom, I, uh, the, the, the Tom DeLuise thing was like, okay, what, what? The, fu- what the fuck is this? <laughs> Who is that for? It was for me. It was actively for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and this do you is... have any final? Yeah, do you have any final thoughts on this mother? This this strange show. This very strange show. Um. No, I mean, I I guess my final thought would be like, if somebody asked you to be on a podcast to talk about something, you should go back and revisit it and find out if it's any good. (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, my critical faculties were not very well developed at the age of 17. And I'm not saying that I loved, like, I, you know, I also, when I was that young, I saw Sunday in the Park and I understood that that was like a great piece of theater. And this was like a fun, dumb thing I saw. Yeah, no, I I don't even think it's like a, like, I don't, I don't think it's fun now. Yeah, like, yeah. I listened to the, I mean, just to a peek behind the curtain, I listened to the cast recording one time and then I was like, I should probably listen to it again before we record. And I was like, I just can't. I don't, <laughs> no. I don't fucking want to. I don't want to do don't that. You need to. No. Uh, like, yeah, I, I mean, want, like, not every work done. needs to be Sunday in the Park. Like, yeah, like, I'll, no. take, I'll take a dumb fun thing, but like, put some fucking craft, put some fucking effort into it. That's yeah. the least we can ask for. Well, well, and and it's, it's clear they did. I mean, it's so wordy. Why yeah. is it? It's like the wordiest musical we've covered yeah. in a while. Yeah. There are so many lyrics and it's just like, you could, you know, this scene is really about him cutting his hand off with a chainsaw. Just focus <laughs> on that. Make it a dance number. Sure. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the song cabin in the woods, like, let me see. <laughs> sure. It starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please like, do a deep text like, analysis of this. So we're craving it's like it. Four pages long. It's yeah. so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you do like a I control mean, F for balls on the whole show? <laughs> just get a word count of the time they say balls. It's also like, yeah, they do the Cabin in the Woods. The song also functions as sort of a character establishing song for everybody, sure. which is fine. They're not characters. It doesn't take that much time no. to, but like they really like inflated these characters. Like who's the other Scott, the other guy. Scott, yeah. And like Scott is like a nobody character in the movie. And they're just yes. making this like horrible, horny asshole. Yeah, like I said, Ugh. they like they, they're oh, injecting other horror tropes into these characters that yeah. were not present in the Evil Dead. It's it's bananas. It's interesting too. When does Cabin in the Woods the movie come out? Sure, like that's I was I four was years later, three just, or four years I after was this. Just I think thinking so. about this, um, and that, you know that should have made this show unprecedented. That yes. movie should they should have been like, well, we can't do it anymore. The, the Cabin in the Watching... Woods is 20, 2011. Okay, yeah. five years later. Watching Cabin in the Woods, or, or watching this and then thinking about Cabin in the Woods, it's like, Cabin in the Woods is 
just an homage to the Evil Dead. Like it's yeah. Uh, yeah. People are always like, it's a mashup of all these different tro-. and it's like it is. But yes, the basic and- premise is the Evil Dead. Yes. 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 Um, what do you think? Do we? I I remember. <laughs> I haven't seen that show since college. But is that is that any good? What, what, movie that, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Is that, yes. Oh, it's still rules. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, very it, good. It, it like even with the oh, fucking yeah. dumb Joss Whedon of it all. Uh, like it's yeah. still it still it's holds up. Very good. Yeah. Right. Somebody um, just tell me when Joss Whedon gets finally canceled, and I'll stop talking he's, about he's, his he's run of astonishing He's X-Men. getting close. Yeah. Don't worry. The Disney Corporation will continue to hire him like secretly for a script doctor. I'm sure. Yeah, they love it. They, we love to see they love it. it. Um, yeah. So we've we've exhausted our brains and our mental yeah. faculties on this uh, this not great piece of musical theater. But should then- I apologize? I'm not. <laughs> Like I put no. you all through this horrible. No, no. Listen, here's the thing: we had to do this episode at some point. Yes, we got it done in like our second batch of episodes. Like, yeah. honestly, thank you for asking us to. Do I this feel like so after recording on. this, I'm going to be like wandering around in my apartment as if I had walked out the door of a haunted cabin into the, the <laughs> morning sun. <laughs> Hey, you got to watch a pretty great movie, and I I will say the second and third one are worth the yeah. watch. The yeah. second one especially, yeah, Evil Dead is Two so is good. really fun. Um, and yeah, Danielle, my wife who doesn't even like horror, like loved Evil Dead Two. She was, was she had a perfect okay. movie, yeah, had- much like Jurassic Park. Perfect film. <laughs> Jurassic Park rules. There you go. And when Harry met Sally. Oh, when Harry met Sally. Um, but Andy Boyd. Um. As yes. yes, at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guest a very important question. So, Andy, if you could adapt a movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what mo- what movie would you choose? I didn't actually check if either of these had been adapted, so I, they happened to let, my knowledge. I'll let you know. My my sort of first thought, best thought, was uh, Princess Bride. They're working on um, it. They, they're working it, on it. Of course, well, hasn't been okay. made yet, but they are working on it. But my my niche pick, which I I thought about later, is uh, Sullivan's Travels. I think would make a great oh, musical. Talk to us more about that, as opposed to Gulliver's. Yeah, Sullivan's Travels is uh, a movie that holds a, a dear place in my heart. Um, it's a Preston Sturgis screwball comedy yeah. about a left leaning but uh, but sort of born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, screenwriter, director guy um, who wants to uh, make sort of like leftist propaganda to like uplift the workers, uh, but doesn't know what it's like to be poor. So disguises himself as a hobo and travels across America. Hell yeah. um, (laughs) But ends up like three days later back in Hollywood. Um, And it takes some like very interesting turns. The movie that he's trying to make um, is called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, and what? it's and this yeah, Preston Sturges huh. in general is a big influence on the Coen Brothers, but like this movie in particular is like very oh. much a, a a huge inspiration for them. Very cool. Um, I I love the '30s. I love left politics of the '30s. I love the sort of like popular front period yeah. of where like you know you have card carrying communists making movies for Frank Capra. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. I I have sort of promised that I'm give I, I I'm I'm not letting myself dip back into that well for a while because our our mutual friend Hale mm-hmm. made a joke that cut very deep where she referred to me as uh, a holograph of Woody Guthrie. Uh, oh, and I was like, God. oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm trying to trying to stick to more contemporary grounds. But when I let myself go back and like uh, look at that period again, I, I may try my hand at doing a, 
Sullivan's Travels musical. It's also just such a, um, like the comedy is like so smart and quip and, 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 and quick and quippy. It's sort of like His Girl Friday. Yeah. Um, but sure. like, but, but the presentation style is more naturalistic. Um, it's, it's, it's just so funny. It's way funnier than a movie from like 1940 has any right oh, to absolutely. be. I'm, I'm cool. actually surprised that, that it hasn't been adapted for the stage, at least in a, in a musical form. It seems, it seems ripe for it. Yeah. The only thing is there's like, there are like, you know, there's like a bunch of stuff that like takes place on a train that would be sure somewhat hard to do in at least in sort of like literalistic way, but I, I am interested in oh, it's it's uh, Kurt Vonnegut's God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater kind of has a similar ish plot where it's about a philanthropist who uh, yes. like try like just what decides to give away all his money uh, and yes. like, move to this like town that he owns. And there is a part in Sullivan's Travels where he decides that the, the best way he can help poor people is just by wandering giving around Skid Row, giving people money. Yeah. And then one of them realizes that there's a guy wandering around Skid Row with a bunch of money and beams him on the head and takes his sure. money. And well, I'm saying that I'm saying that because God bless you, Mr. Rosewater has been adapted into a, yes. a musical. So yes. I'm like, it's, I think and oh. people like it, right? I, I think, it's, I think it's great. It's, it's another Howard Ashman, Alan yeah. Menken. It's, it's great. Wow. Great. I'll, yeah. I, I, I wow. own the script. I'll lend it to you, Brian. It's a great, it's a great time. Uh, but it's a Sullivan's travels. Great answer. I I need to watch it. Um, I've I've, I've yes. heard the best things about Preston Sturgis. That is a that's a cinematic yeah. like hole that I need to fill. Another great one of his is Christmas in July. Okay, which is about somebody who uh, mistakenly believes that he's won uh, a slogan contest for a coffee company, uh, and so um, <laughs> great uses the money that he thinks he's won. Uh, and then finds out he hasn't actually won and is very oh, disappointed. <laughs> there are a lot of Preston Sturgis movies that are that have like a very low, like sort of end of second act low point, um, and then sort of dip back up at the end. But uh, yeah, there's there's uh, he's great. I love Preston Sturgis. Hell yeah, um, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us for this very ridiculous episode. It means a whole... Thanks for having oh, me. Oh my gosh, of course. Um, so I we I will always plug uh, your wonderful play. The Trade yes. Federation, uh, or let's explore globalization through the Star Wars prequels. It's so does Chancellor Valorum <laughs> represent like Hans Blix? And like he was like, no, there's no WMDs here. I think there's something going on here with Naboo. And they're like, no, replace him with Sheev. We want Sheev. That could be. That could be. Yeah. There's something in there, it's, I feel it's like. It's available through No Passport Press. You can get it online. Yes. Uh, Andy is, and uh, please listen to Andy's uh, podcast, Better Than Shakespeare. Better Than Shakespeare, yeah. Uh, we, we talk talk about socialist plays and non-socialist plays from the socialist lens um we've had some we've had some good ones this year it's been it's been a, a good time for oh, us oh yeah anything yeah. else you'd like to plug uh at the end here uh my instagram uh, at andy j boyd i do little cartoons you do they're, they're they're absolutely charming i love them oh thank yes. you um i think it's important for like uh people who are seriously trying to do an art form to also just have like a dumb hobby uh, you know, because it can it can be very like hard to have your career and the thing you love be the same thing. I, this is obviously a visual uh, audio medium, but I'm in a puppet making class right now, and this is a little yes. wooden puppet I'm in the middle of making. It oh talks like this. Do, oh, nice! Like, I love uh, this. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, so yeah, make your do, draw your weird doodles. Uh, make your weird puppets. Brand, what are you working on? I'm really good at Halo Five now. <laughs> 
Become I'm like re- I'm like putting up my I'm putting up those numbers I was putting up when I was 22. You know that like 18 kills, four deaths. Really so that's pretty good, good at Halo Five. Um, thank you, Hell thank yeah. you again, and there are five Halo games. There are seven Halo games. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow, that's, there are there is about to be eight. Yeah, Jesus. Christmas. Uh, thank you again, Andy. As always, I want to thank Brand Moorhead for producing and editing this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for future episodes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Movie the Musical. If you want to support the podcast and get bonus content, you don't have to do the fucking Necronomicon. You can just Go to patreon.com slash movie the musical and consider becoming a monthly member. We got some great episodes up there. Uh, I think in June we're we're talking about Rogers and Hammerstein. We're doing Oklahoma and then Carousel, the the OG films. It is gonna be up. June is busting out all it over. It truly, truly is. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Keep on singing. Bran, give us one more groovy for the road. I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul!